to say that I'm excited about this particular episode is a monumental understatement. I'm very, very uh, stoked, as they say, in uh, skateboarding and surfing circles. Very happy to be sharing with you uh, a load of new releases, which uh, I'll tell you about. Why don't I do that? We're going to hear some new Pixies, uh, some new uh, music by uh, The High. After a, a very, very lengthy hiatus, they are back uh, with their first release since 1992's Hype record, a new single called Kiss the Sun. Uh, there's new Massive Attack, which is suitably lovely, uh, with uh, Hope Sandoval uh, from uh, Mazzy Star on, on guest vocals. You'll be hearing that very, very soon. New material, as if uh, they're not prolific enough. New Space Echo uh, with uh, Dean Garcia and Rose Berlin. And that's going to be coming up uh, as the second song uh, of, of the programme. And I'll try and get to some more if I can. Uh, very, very importantly, um, I'm thrilled to be able to be sharing with you uh, an interview that I, uh, I taped earlier this week with, uh, with Martin Phillips, who is essentially The Chills. I had a lovely chat with him and uh, talked all things The Chills. Uh, there's going to be some stuff you don't know, some stuff you do know, and some stuff that you're really happy to know because there's more Chills goodies forthcoming uh, down the pipeline and uh, that is coming at the end of the show and that will be bookended uh, uh, by uh, some chills material as well so it's it's, it's rather rather bumper packed and uh, i tell you while i'm rolling while i'm sort of reveling in my uh, little semi-euphoric state here um, next week's going to be brilliant as well because i've already pre-recorded uh, the next interview and it's with boz bora morrissey's uh, guitarist songwriter uh, co-songwriter in some cases, uh, an artist in his own right, uh, owns a vinyl boutique in Camden with with Lynn, his wife, also has his recording studio, uh, ex-Polcat, and has a brand new record of his own coming out, his uh, fifth solo release. So very busy chap is Boz Bora, and I had a nice chat with him, and that will be next week for all you uh, Smiths and Morrissey's fans, i.e. people very much like myself.
I'm fast running out of uh, superlatives uh, by which to uh, articulate how much I love Rose Berlin's vocals. Absolutely wonderful stuff. Brand new uh, Space Echo. And uh, in keeping with their prolific uh, rate of, uh, of, re- of releasing new material, that's from uh, the Favourite Colour EP, which you can get uh, for £3.50. Apply appropriate um, currency exchange, and uh, that's a bargain for the five tracks you get. The Favourite Colour EP is available on uh, Space Echo bandcamp.com and Space Echo is S-P-C-E-C-O also uh, released within uh, uh, hours I tend to uh, to gauge Dean Garcia's releases uh, as uh, every hour as opposed to weekly, monthly and, uh, and annual increments the Anomalies full length, the nine track is available on uh, the same site for uh, a bargain seven quid quite wonderful stuff and before we heard uh, Space Echo's uh, latest material we heard something by a band called uh, the Heartthrobs and the Heartthrobs are uh, on one Lindian records uh, or Oli depending on what you want to call them they had three uh, three records between 1990 and 1993 and the particular track that we heard was uh, was Hooligan and Hooligan is off the second LP uh, called Jubilee Twist which was released in 1992 and for you music music uh, trivia uh, boffins and, and folk out there uh, the band featured Rose and Rachel uh, DeFratis, uh, sisters of the late great and uh, all round lovely uh, Pete DeFratis of uh, the drummer from uh, Echo and the Bonnie Men um, coming up we're going to be hearing uh, some space, uh, some space raiders actually from uh, from uh, the Skint stable, Fat Boy Slim, uh, Norman Cook's uh, record label. We're going to hear something from um, their first record, and then we're going to hear something new uh, by Massive Attack, which I'm very very happy about, and that should uh, set us up nicely for uh, getting uh, fast uh, fast track to the obligatory fall off. Oh track this week, which uh, if you're interested, the obligatory fall off track this week is going to be Eat Yourself Fitter.
tremendous stuff. That's new. New massive attack. And that is a song uh, called The Spoils from the, the Spoils EP, which you can get digitally on the usual iTunes and uh, all that all that cobblers, and uh, you can listen to it on, uh, on Spotify as well. But you can also go to massiveattack.co.uk and that will tell you... Uh, that will tell you definitively where you can uh, source that track. Lovely, lovely stuff. And, and if they weren't good enough uh, already, Massive Attack uh, employing the services there of, uh, of, of Hope Sandoval, uh, of, of Massey Star on vocals. I mean, you know, recruiting the likes of Massey Star and, and, and Liz Fraser and, uh, and Tracy Thorne. Them's smart folk they are, them Bristolians at, uh, at Massive Attack. Um, so... Let's do a bit of a catch-up, shall we? Before uh, Massive Attack, we heard uh, on the Skint label, the Big Beat label owned by uh, Mr. Fat Boy Slim Norman Cook, we heard uh, from Space Raiders' first record, uh, we heard a song called Raiders Rock the Nation, and that is featuring um, a gentleman uh, called uh, Scraggy P. And uh, I'm just wondering if I did meet him, if I'd refer to him as Mr. P or, or Scraggy, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, that's one of their first album on Skint called uh, Don't Be Daft. They released one album after that, The Lads from Middlesbrough, uh, and then they just disappeared. Um, some, some stuff to share with you, actually. Um, the usual feature that uh, I've uh, had on the last 10 shows or so called GITS, which is an acronym for Get in the Sea, which is really just... Uh, just letting douchebaggery have it in the neck. Uh, I'm tiring of it because I'm trying to surround myself with positivity, you know, all that, all that stuff. And, and slagging people off uh, in, in a formal capacity is too much for me to handle. I can do it off the cuff. That's not a problem at all. But to sit down and think who really is, for want of a better expression, the arsehole of the week, you're literally spoiled for choice. It could be arsehole of the hour. I mean, it's, 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 it's that abundant. So that's been dispensed with. But it's been replaced with something I like to call Facebook things, in it. It's just trying to get you to visit the Facebook page because it's full of lots of goodies. It's uh, it houses the Instagram and, uh, and Twitter feed material in it in its own right, but it also showcases a load of stuff that I post during the course of any given week, which I deem musically or. Uh, in a, in a secondary capacity, football related. So, if you scroll through the page, you'll you'll find out such gems as uh, an obscure uh, Morrissey reissue that's uh, been uh, bandied around and then subsequently removed by Harvest Records. You'll be able to uh, to uh, find out more about the sound of not so young Scotland uh, through uh, through an event that's happening. Um, actually, it's already happened, but uh, if you'd have been on the ball, you would have been able to nip that in the bud, wouldn't you? And there's also some information on some uh, some Colin Newman demos of Wire, which have, which has seen light of day. Uh, you can also find out about a new Suede reissue, which is uh, which is forthcoming to celebrate uh, the 20th anniversary of uh, coming up. That's going to be released in September, in a, in a couple of weeks. Lots of good stuff. It's a trawl away. Yeah, there's some Boz Bora there talking about his uh, about his new record. Great news about Tony Iommi, Black Sabbath's guitarist who has uh, beaten uh, his, uh, uh, won rather, his, his battle with cancer. So that's uh, astonishingly good news. So that's, that's, that's Facebook things, isn't it? So I'll, I'll be looking at that every now and again uh, and, and highlighting it during the course of the show. But you, you should be looking at it on a daily basis, just with little tidbits of information and, and get involved yourself, if you don't mind doing so.
it's very, very good to have them back, isn't it? That's the high, and uh, that's their first single in uh, in 25 years called "Kiss the Sun," and that's out on their uh, on their own record label called Thin Line Productions. And uh, I encourage you to visit their site, the-high.co.uk. Uh, coming up next, we're going to hear some uh, some pill. Why? Because we haven't heard some pill for a while, and I think it's. Uh, Almost as obligatory as, as the fall to hear, hear some pill every once in a while. Uh, and uh, stay tuned for some, some rather clever segue action.
Are you a fan of the fall? Yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, pretty damn relentless that fella, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he um, is. It's a band you can you can waltz in and out of and, and just pick up the latest or, or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. as for like trying to keep up with his continual output, yeah. I mean, that's a catalogue and three quarters. Yeah. Every yeah. day is it seems like a new album full. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I know it's like a, it, it's almost perpetual motion with the same song, but I, I don't mind that at all. So like I love the cramps too, and I don't know why I'm relating to two, but I feel the same vibe about it. Yeah, they have that sort of similar drum beat sometimes, and they're quite riffy as well. Those sort of misanthropic riffs. Oh, it's a wonderful place to put your head in. Yeah, yeah. So the toilet after a Guinness. <laughs> <laughs>
yourself fitter. Get yourself fitter. Love them or love them. That's the fall. That is Eat Yourself Fitter from 1983's Perverted by Language. And you should feel blessed. And uh, prior to hearing that, we heard uh, a little bit of bants from uh, John Lydon. No idea where that uh, interview emanates from, but uh, he was talking about the fall uh, somewhat mockingly. But uh, I do genuinely believe that he is a fall fan. But uh, not uh, not an ardent fan, I think it's fair to say. Just uh, came across that this week, uh, just trawling about. In actual fact, no, I was going to say we could nominate that for a Tinterweb time, but I've actually got Tinterweb time coming up later in the programme. And it's very interesting too, as I completely make a lateral manoeuvre here. Um, there's uh, an interesting uh, new re-release uh, forthcoming uh, of uh, the Shags material. And they will be the feature of uh, Tinterweb time. Sorry, Tinterweb time uh, later on in 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 the program. 
So, let's try and piece this all together. So before we heard uh, John Lydon, uh, we heard uh, his band, as it were, uh, Pill, from 1987's uh, full length called Happy. And that's the lead track we heard called Seattle. And that's for Doug in the uh, the interior of British Columbia. Sounds rather saucy, doesn't it? And uh, so that's a, a dedication of sorts. Coming up uh, next, we're going to hear brand new stuff uh, from, from Pixies, uh, from the forthcoming uh, new release, Head Carrier Long Player. We're going to hear uh, another track that was teased this week called Talent. And after that, uh, we will hear, we'll hear a request for uh, some Boomtown Rats, which I've not played for a long a while. <laughs> Real cool dude today Looking like Jack Palance He said I want to get through to you And help you find your talent He said that if I had a certain style The stuff would start to happen He said that soon he was going away Cause he's a major talent Talent Fighting on the east side talent Taking on the west side talent Fucking up the north side He's a major talent
Well, I hope you're happy, Steve in Chicago. That's uh, the Boomtown Rats from a tonic for the troops from 1978 and a single from said al- album uh, called uh, She's So Modern. And that is brilliant. I've not heard that for a long old while. And uh, it's got me impelled to, to go home and actually listen to some more Boomtown Rats. Listen, we, we all know what, what, what a colossal pillock uh, Bob Geldof has, uh, has been in the public eye. You can't dispute uh, the first three Boomtown Rats records. You, you just can't. Uh, and before that, we heard uh, some new Pixies from the forthcoming uh, Head Carrier record. That is uh, Talent. And uh, I'm not overly convinced by that one, to be honest. It seems like a, a throwaway B-side, but uh, maybe I'm being too critical. Pixies are Pixies, are pixies ain't they? they? They consistently chuck out good gear, but that one is a little bit... A little bit lacking. I wanted to uh, share with you something about the forthcoming hat trick, which I do every week as well. We do a little uh, three in a row, uh, and that's the football theme. It's very, very clever. Um, it's going to be Chumbawamba today. Couldn't resist. There's uh, three crackers coming up in about uh, 15, 20 minutes. In the meantime, we are going to go uh, to Stockport and hear some blossoms.
quite wonderful stuff that stereo lab from 1993 on uh, duophonic records uh, through electra in uh, in north america uh, and that's uh, from the record transient sorry transient random noise bursts with announcements uh, and that's analog rock uh, an album track and that's uh, a dedication to a mate whose company I miss immensely that's for Justin in uh, in sunny sunny Doha and before that we heard uh, Blossom's relatively new stuff the album uh, is new they've uh, they've got uh, I think four singles now off the record and uh, Stockport lads love their oasis and he's a good little songwriter he is so uh, keep your eyes uh, keep your eyes and ears on Blossom's Let's hope that they don't bottle it with their, with their second sophomoric uh, attempt. And uh, we're going to go to Santa Cruz, California now.
sounds a bit in pain at the end there, doesn't he? Uh, that's The Call from 1986's uh, Reconciled record. And uh, that's a, a single and a song called Everywhere I Go. And that brings back uh, very, very vivid memories of working in a really, really pony record shop with some people who had absolutely no musical taste. And uh, when the promo of that uh, came through, it was my only saving grace for about three or four Saturdays in a row amidst uh, Whitney Houston and, and just absolute unmitigated dross that uh, the other other staffers, uh, well, they had their right to play what they wanted when it was their turn, but it was uh, it was an exercise in, uh, in, in patience, that's for sure. Anyway, that's uh, the call. And before that, uh, we heard uh, some stereo lab, didn't we? Coming up next, we're going to hear some, uh, some wedding present. We're going to go all the way back to uh, a release... It seems just like yesterday, but Sea Monsters came out quite quite a long while ago in 1991. Uh, and I'm putting in the show notes here uh, that uh, if you want to keep up with uh, the uh, the rather prolific output of, of the wedding present, uh, they are uh, fall-esque. Uh, David Gedge is responsible for uh, for that. And if you go to the uh, the Scopitones uh, website, which is uh, Scopitones, S-C-O-P-I-T-O-N-E-S dot co dot UK, that's their, that's their label. So all things wedding present and all things Cinerama, uh, the side project or band in its own right, if you will, um, are all available there. Uh, and uh, there's a nifty uh, LP version of uh, Sea Monsters, which uh, is one of their featured products. So if, uh, if you're into the old into the old wax you can get this 15 quid from the wedding presents very own site Just a sign you hit it. 
Boys Forever from their uh, self-titled debut. And um, the record is available solely on uh, their Bandcamp page, so boysforever.bandcamp.com. There's a single as well and uh, and a live record. And I don't know an awful lot about them. Um, I, I know they have a Facebook page uh, that, uh, that I frequently visit. Um, that's uh, facebook.com slash boysforever and ever. Somebody must have had... Uh, the single ever uh, I've got them in the show notes so uh, keep your eye on them I'll be I'll be keeping my eye on them too and uh, hoping that there's another release because because the record itself uh, the self-titled debut is, is really quite good uh, and before that we heard uh, Corduroy don't see much of that about either do you um, nowadays uh, Corduroy by the wedding present uh, and uh, we talked all about that previously didn't we it's time for uh, uh, the hat trick it's time for a hat-trick of Chumbawamba songs and we'll commence with this little ditty that is designed to drive a certain person demented. Well, we got James Hatfield And we tied him up tight Naked and cold We kept the strip lights bright Said, what have you got for us, James? He said, nothing at all So we dragged some speakers In from the hall James, James, James Just give us names, names, names James, James, James Well, we tried every tune in the songbook To loosen his tongue We played simply red non-stop He just swayed along Then we had an idea A new plan of attack We thought that even a deaf man We brought for you, James Your favourite disc It's Chumbawamba Their greatest hits There's only one Turned up the volume You should have heard him sing Oh, how he sings Like a baby And told us everything
that's Chumbawamba, isn't it? Um, Leeds is finest, and uh, I'm very happy to play uh, you that hat trick of their tunes. Uh, the last song that we heard was uh, Ugh, Your Ugly Houses, which is uh, a single, uh, and also off the 1995 one little Indian release called uh, Swinging with Raymond. Prior to that, we heard another belter. They're all belters, each and every one. We heard uh, from Wissywig, which was released, goodness knows when Wissywig was released, 2008, I think. Uh, and that uh, is Jesus in Vegas. Numero dos. And the first one was uh, having, a, having a right good dig at old James Hetfield and Lars and, and, and Metallica from from a, an album released in, in 2010 entitled ABCDEFG. Uh, and sadly, and I do mean that uh, without any degree of flippancy at all, very upset that they are disbanded. It's purely selfish of me, of course, because these people have lives. But uh, I, I like to consider myself a completist for, for Chumbawamba and uh, to 99.9% .9 of, of the music listening populace. Uh, it's tub thumping. Um, and that was just a, a glorious error, if, if nothing else. Um, they've uh, written a lot better songs uh, than, than, uh, than Tub Thumping. However, uh, very happy that they could get the cash cow for once in their life because uh, they've been, uh, well, they have uh, had uh, uh, produced a, a litany of, of great records uh, prior to that and have released uh, about 10 more since as well. So uh, I'll put that in the show notes there, chumba.com. You can still get some of uh, the older material there uh, and if uh, and if there's something that you are trying to source then you've got to do a little bit of digging uh, and and pay silly money i'm afraid or you could just come around my place with a cd burner in those days there was a kind of fever that pushed me out of the front door into the pale exhaust fumes parked by broadwater farm or the grubby road that eventually leads to enfield turkish supermarkets after chicken restaurant after spare parts shop Everything in my life felt like it was coming to a mysterious close. I could hardly walk to the end of the street without feeling there was no way to go except back. The dates I'd had that summer had come to nothing. My job was a dead end and the rent check was killing me a little more each month. It seemed unlikely that anything could hold much longer. The only question left to ask was what would happen after everything familiar collapsed. But for now, the summer stretched between me and that moment. It was ferociously hot and the air quality became so bad that by the evening the noise of nearby trains stuttered in in fits and starts, distorted through the shifting air. As I lay in my room I could hear my neighbours discussing the World Cup and opening beers in their gardens. On the other side someone was singing an Arabic prayer through the thin wall. I had no money for the pub so I decided to go for a walk. I found myself wandering aimlessly to the west, past the terrace of chip and kebab shops and laundrettes near the tube station. I crossed the street and headed into virgin territory. I'd never been this way before. Gravel-dashed houses alternated with square 60s offices, and the white pavements undulated with cracks and litter. I walked and walked because there was nothing else for me to do, and by degrees the light began to fade. The mouth of an avenue led me to the verge of a long, greasy A-road that rose up in the far distance, with symmetrical terraces falling steeply down and up again from the distant railway station. There were four benches to my right, interspersed with those strange bushes that grow in the area, whose blossoms are so pale yellow they seem translucent, almost spectral, and suddenly tired I sat down. I held my head in my hands, feeling like shit, but a sudden breeze escaped from the terraces, and for a moment I lost my thoughts in its unexpected coolness. I looked up, and I realised I was sitting in a photograph. 
I remember clearly this photograph was taken by my mother in 1982 outside our front garden in Hampshire. It was slightly underexposed. I was still sitting on the bench, but the colours and the planes of the road and horizon had become the photo. If I looked hard, I could see the lines of the window ledge in the original photograph were now composed by a tree branch and the silhouetted edge of a grass verge. The sheen of the flash on the window was replicated by bonfire smoke, drifting infinitesimally slowly from behind a fence. My sister's face had been dimly visible behind the window, and yes, there were pale stars far off to the west that traced out the lines of a toddler's eyes and mouth. When I look back at this, there's nothing to grasp, no starting point. I was inside an underexposed photo from 1982, but I was also sitting on a bench in Haringey. Strongest of all was the feeling of 1982-ness. Dizzy, illogical, as if none of the intervening disasters and long turns had happened yet. I felt guilty and inconsolably sad. I felt the instinctive tug back to school, the memory of shopping malls, cooking, driving in my mother's car, all gone, gone forever. I just sat there for a while. I was so tired that I didn't bother trying to work out what was going on. I was happy just to sit in the photo while it lasted, which wasn't for long anyway. The light faded, the wind caught the smoke, the stars dimmed under the glare of the street lamps. I got up and walked away from the squat little benches and an oncoming gang of kids. A bus was rumbling to my rescue down the hill with a great big fire Alexandra Palace on its front. And I realized I did want to drink after all. to walk back to Kenton's Lane and play. Most of the time I used to dig up the back garden looking for treasure. I found a Winston Churchill medal, loads of animal teeth and my great-grandmother's wedding ring. i never forget that. It made my nan cry. She then took it back to her mum's grave and buried it there. I started to love football at this stage. My nan bought Stuart and me the Mexico 70 album each. We used to collect the stickers with our pocket money. The front of the album had Bobby Moore in red holding up the World Cup the old Jules Rimet one, which Brazil would win for the third and final time that year. To this day, I can still remember the smell of the stickers. We completed the collection, but only by sending away to get the final few. My uncle Richard collected them as well. I had to fill his name out on the form just in case there was an age limit. At that time, my favourite player was Martin Peters, and when we played World Cup in the garden with our neighbour Gary and some other fellow called Bugsy, I was always Martin. My brother was Pele, Gary was some obscure Peruvian and Bugsy was Riva from Italy. I remember one day when Bugsy was having a particularly hard time qualifying. I was in the garden chanting, Riva, 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 and he was completely flustered and out of his depth and failed. A few years later, when I played for West Windsor B team, I saw him and chanted, Riva, 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 he remembered and I think he hated me for it. Gary and his sister had a space hopper. I don't think they used it much as the gardens in Kenton's Lane weren't much suited for them. So we used to try and play football with it, nearly breaking our ankles in the process. 1970 was also the year Chelsea played Leeds in the FA Cup final. My brother Stuart started supporting Leeds then and he said that I had to support Chelsea like Dermot McCarthy. I did for about a week. Rave on Deadwood. Rave on Kenton's Lane. Rave on St. Edward's. 
Rave on. That's a tricky one to find, is that? That is uh, Mexico 70 from their uh, debut long player on Cherry Red Records, which came out in uh, in 1992. Um, there's, uh, the last song on the album is called Make It Right, and uh, if you let it run, uh, I don't have the vinyl, so I can't really uh, give you a qualified uh, uh, opinion on that one, but on the CD, uh, you let it run, and then it uh, gives you that little uh, football anecdote there that Mick Bund uh, recites. And... Uh, I've always uh, I've always uh, been a fan of Mexico 70 and the first thing that attracted me to them was uh, their their blatant uh, reproduction of the uh, the font uh, that was used by Mexico 70 by FIFA in 1970 for the World Cup and uh, I, I still th- I think to this day that they've not been litigated against which I find staggering because it is just absolutely flagrant but having said that um they're uh, they're a band that are no more. Uh, Mick Bund, uh, I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but uh, The Dust Has Come To Stay is a compilation of two EPs plus four extra tracks, and uh, you can find the odd little single. Uh, I, I think I've got everything they've done, although probably some smart ass will email me and, 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 and tell me otherwise, but uh, I'm pretty sure I've got everything. But uh, that was a part of a, a brace of, uh, of, of banter-type tracks, and the one that we heard before that, was by clientele or clientele or whatever however you want to pronounce it. Uh, uh, they are from uh, they're from uh, from London and uh, they are they are no longer together. But uh, that's a beautiful track actually. I, I, I do do enjoy a bit of a clientele uh, and that is a song that is called uh, Losing Harangay and that's from an album. I'm trying to, actually I think I think I pulled this up on Tinterweb here. Um, or I may well have actually closed it. Uh, yes, from Strange Geometry. It's uh, from uh, a record that was released uh, in uh, in 2005. There you go. So you're all up to date. Um, we've got some stuff to get to before we get to uh, the Chills Fest at the end of the programme. Uh, I did bring my uh, weekly cover version of the week. And uh, I'm having a devil of a time to get uh, the media player to play it. So I'm going to I'm going to keep cracking on with that and see if I can get it to work. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to play you this.
That's Memory Tapes from Mirka. And uh, that particular song is uh, is entitled Through the Field. Now, they're, they're an interesting outfit, these lot. And uh, I can't seem to find anything that they've released uh, in in the, the, the near past. Uh, they've released three full lengths. Um, and the last one I got was the one that's listed uh, in the bio, uh, Grace Confusion. Um, there's three EPs, three singles and three albums. Very easy. Uh, love a bit of memory tapes uh, and hope you enjoyed that as well. And if you want to find out more about them, you can go to uh, their URL, weirdtapes.blogspot.com. And uh, prior to that, we had a nice instrumental from the, the self-titled debut by uh, by Toy, who are uh, a Brighton, uh, South London uh, outfit. And that's from, um, as I said, their first record. They have three. They've got a brand new record, which I uh, procured last week, and I'll be playing some stuff. That's chair squeaking again, isn't it? I'm going to uh, play some more from, from the new record in, 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 coming, uh, in coming episodes. So let's do a little bit of uh, a catch-up. So we've done memory tapes, we've done toy. We heard uh, uh, some wonderful uh, Mexico 70 and something by the, the clientele, or clientele, uh, fr- uh, from... Uh, it's on the great stits actually as well that uh, that particular song called Losing Haringey and then uh, we had a, a wonderful Chumbawamba hat trick uh, to uh, precede all of that nearperfectpitch at gmail.com don't forget please and thank you um, the best places to keep track are on uh, the old Instagram which is uh, nearperfectpitch, Twitter at nearperfpitch and nearperfectpitch page at Facebook, we also have uh, a presence on Vimeo, Tumblr SoundCloud and Mixcloud and you can get us on iTunes, Google Play Blurberry, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio and always at uh, Podbean uh, specifically this URL nearperfectpitch.podbean.com we'll uh, see you with all my we'll allow you sorry, to see all the wonderful formatting and, and uh, the lengths I go to to uh, try and articulate what's been uh, happening in any given three, three and a half hour podcast that I've put together, cobbled together on a weekly basis. And of course, CKCU at ckcufm.com. You can always listen there as well. That's not remotely annoying, is it? Well, that, that's a little clue, isn't it? It tells you that it's, uh, it's Tinterweb time here and it is uh, something of uh, poignancy or uh, something of interest or something I stumble upon uh, on the internet uh, uh, after, uh, between shows, uh, rather. And, and this, is a, this is a particularly good one. I've had to hold, hold off uh, for a couple of weeks because I, I had a couple of uh, Tinterweb things I wanted to, to get out of the way before, before this particular one. But... Um, to say it's interesting is, is, is a gross understatement. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, any of you have heard of, well, I'm sure some of you have, of course, I was naive and silly of me to say so. Uh, there was a band. I sound like I'm uh, like Dick Van Dyke going to read you a story. There was a band once upon a time, and they were called The Shags. They released a record called Philosophy of the World. And I'll read you what it says on their page here, which will sort of make sense of it. So I have to take off my glasses and move the microphone. It says, The Shags released one album, Philosophy of the World, which must rank among the most polarising LPs of all time. And I, and I think that does actually hold true. Uh, some said it was the worst thing ever made, whereas uh, the likes of Frank Zappa famously uh, dubbed it as better than the Beatles, which I think is similarly stupid. Uh, later, its cult appeal snowballed. It was referenced in Empire Records, which... Uh, I think you've you probably seen Deerhoof have uh, cited it as an influence, as has uh, Kurt Cobain and numerous, numerous others. Um, they are diabolically 
brilliant. Uh, they released uh, a record, as, uh, as uh, we, we just uh, talked about there, uh, but it's, it's been out of print and very, very hard to get hold of, and uh, vinyl copies and, and old CD pressings have been changing hands for silly money, uh, which has uh, prompted all concerned uh, from their, their stable, uh, their family stable in Fremont, New Hampshire, to release uh, the record, uh, this record that uh, is deemed either, you know, f- just garbage or, or, or genius uh, and and it's neither it's neither of those two uh, what it is it's uh, singularly unique and uh, and an acquired taste but I want to share it with you because uh, it's one of those records that just about everybody I know at some point uh, has spoken about it whether whether it's in in, in favorable terms or otherwise uh, it's at least been on people's radar uh, a lot of people uh, know about it have never owned it uh, have heard it and have no aspirations whatsoever to own it I own it uh, purely as, as, as a novelty uh, a novelty uh, release but uh, I must admit o- o- over the last few years listening to it I actually have a few favorite songs off it as well anyway get your ears around this one uh, or alternatively uh, fast forward over it or mute it <laughs>
So what side of the fence are you on? That is an unbearably uh, awful song to many, uh, an acquired taste uh, to some, uh, and other people just rave about it. Uh, That's the Shags. I shall say no more of them, save for this. Uh, Dot Wiggins, uh, the front person of the band, the front lady of the sisters, uh, if you are so inclined. she's uh, She's got a solo record out, which you can also get on uh, the inimitable Bandcamp, uh, and that's at dotwigginband.bandcamp.com. Uh, and all of these uh, URLs that I uh, are checking out during the course of any given programme, I will uh, document them. Um, in in the show notes. So there you have it. Uh, that was uh, this week's uh, Tinterweb time, and it was a, an introduction or a baptism by fire, if you like, uh, with regards to you being exposed to the Shags, New Hampshire's finest.
There you go. That's- there you go. That's the Seahorses, and that is from uh, their only long player uh, called Do It Yourself, and that was released, cracky, when was it released? 1997. What do you think of that? John Squire's outfit. Uh, they did have a second record that never saw a light of day, and I've no idea where those uh, where those tapes ended up. But uh, a few uh, a few people I know have got uh, some really poor copies of it. But uh, I'd love to get my hands on uh, on a decent copy one of these days. Maybe maybe something will see uh, see light of day one of these days. We're going to stay in in a similar uh, part of the country. We're going to go to Marple next to hear something from uh, from Dutch Uncles from their latest their latest record. And uh, I'm going to be playing you a song called Baby Making. That's coming up uh, in just a second. And uh, after that, uh, we're going to get into uh, the interview and a feature on the, the chills, which I'm very, very happy to, to be presenting for you. Um, the cover version that I was hoping to play, as I'd mentioned before, just doesn't want to know, unfortunately. The file format has given me the digital finger and I will try and uh, convert that into a playable format for another programme. Uh, incidentally, it was South's uh, cover version of uh, New Order's Bizarre Love Triangle, and it is very, very good if you ever get to hear it, and I'll endeavour to be able to uh, bring in a copy that is actually playable in uh, the coming weeks. Could you be more sure about it?
Dutch uncles. And that is a song called Baby Making. And I highly, highly recommend you sourcing their material. They are a top, top outfit. And there's not a dud amongst the pack when it comes to Dutch uncles. It's interview time. Well, it's not really. It's a music than interview time. Let's talk about the chills, shall we? If you are uninitiated, if you are unaware as to who the chills are, then I'm actually happy for you because discovery is a wonderful thing. And if you're a music buff, you you long for the days when someone can recommend something that you've not heard of. And if you are, let's, let's try and figure out a, dipl- a diplomatic way of, of, of expressing this without, without coming across as an egomaniac. But if, you know, if, if, if music is your thing, um, you tend to be a purveyor and you tend to be uh, a curator of sorts. Uh, and it's lovely when, when people can actually introduce you to something uh, as opposed to you uh, taking it upon yourself to, 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 to do the same thing as a matter of course uh, and, and have been doing so for many, many years. Anyway, I hope to introduce you to them and that you love them if you don't know who they are. And if you do know who they are, then I hope that you're going to learn a thing or two. And if you are a real, real fan who knows... Uh, more than I, then uh, I hope you've learned something as well because the interview is, is nothing but interesting and uh, I was delighted to, to speak with uh, Martin Phillips who is, uh, who is the Chills, the only, the only consistent, uh, constant member of the team. Uh, they are from Dunedin uh, in New Zealand, not, not Florida, and uh, part of the, the Dunedin sound, having problems with Mideas today. Um, so... You can uh, check out any number of websites, but uh, on the show notes, I'm going to give you uh, the main ones. The Facebook page is uh, facebook.com uh, slash the chills. Uh, softbomb.com is a great aggregator for, for everything that is the chills. And the chillsmusic.bandcamp.com is where you can get a lot of the uh, uh, the contemporary goodies that are coming out and some of the vinyl reissues and, 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 and such like. So listen to it. Please, I implore you, because you'll be doing yourself a massive favour, and and I do hope that uh, as a result, uh, if you've not got Chills records, you go out and buy something by the Chills. Uh, uh, Start with Heavenly Pop Hits, uh, which is a, a wonderful compilation and introduction to the band, and this is the song of the same name.
Chills and Silver Bullets from the latest studio album uh, by by the band uh, from uh, 2015 on Fire Records. Uh, four studio ra- albums prior to uh, the release of uh, Silver Bullets. It was uh, about 19, uh, 19 year wait for us uh, after 1996's Sunburnt. Uh, in 1992 there was Soft Bomb which was released on Slash Records uh, as was uh, its predecessor Submarine Bells in 1990 and the song we heard prior to uh, Silver Bullets was a heavenly pop hit which is housed on the wonderful uh, Submarine Bells record and in 87 uh, they started things off with Brave Worlds compilations out there for you to dip your toe in the water uh, Heavenly Pop Hits which I alluded to uh, is out on Flying Nun and uh, I think it's deleted but you can still find it on uh, on the Ebays and uh, the Gems and Music Stacks of this world um, Sketchbook uh, Volume 1 released under Martin's uh, uh, name himself is, is rather hard to find as is the Chills Rarities but one that isn't uh, and that you can get through their merch site is uh, the BBC Sessions, which was finally uh, compiled and released and, and saw light of day in uh, in 2014, which is a beautiful compilation, beautifully packaged as well as are all of uh, the Chills uh, releases. So I hope that you learn uh, a, a great deal by listening to Martin, and I hope that we've created uh, some new Chills fans as a result. I will come back after you uh, hear the interview, uh, and I'll be playing one more song for you before I go on my merry way. Enjoy the interview. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Is this Martin? Yes, it is. Hello, Martin. It's Dara calling from Canada. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, doing well. Good, good, good. Well, thanks so much for your time and uh, thanks to your chums at Fire Records. I'm just hoping that you've got some time to uh, talk about uh, recent goings-on and uh, the very busy schedule you've had of late. Yep, certainly. Got some time. Yep. Lo- lovely stuff. So, why don't we start with... Um, why don't we start with a new record? Uh, for, for fans such as myself, uh, 20 years is an awful long time, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, it certainly wasn't what was intended, but um, it's just how it played out, really. 
Well, it's, it's well documented that the, the, the twenty years. It, it wasn't it wasn't a hiatus per se because that 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 uh, kind of implies that you've been sitting on your backside, being bone idle, and that, and that's not 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 the case at all. But but is it, is it fair to say that uh, that silver bullets? Um, the, con the, con the constituents of, of the record are 20 years in the making, but I understand that you wrote it in just over a year. Um, I guess it came together within a year. Some, some of the parts date back um, up to 20 years, but, but the bulk of it was, was written uh, once we had the go-ahead to, to record an album. So uh, particularly the, the lyrical themes and I guess the I guess the overall co cohesion of the album came, came together during that period as well. Um, prior to that, there were some lyrical ideas for some of the riffs, but uh, they pretty much all fell by the way, wayside as, uh, as the album developed. Was it, was it a fairly organic process, though, Martin? Um, I think all, all my writing is, really. It's... Um, It is kind of fractured that I'll, I'll be working on parts of music and then seeing if they fit together and so on. Um, and the same with lyrical ideas, that uh, I'll come up with a, a concept, but I'll try it on various bits of music to see which one it suits best. Yeah. Um, and I think in, in this case, I was, um, I, I freed myself up somewhat in terms of when there was. A, a vocal melody idea I'd had for a certain song. Um, I think in the old days I used to really lock myself into into making sure the words fitted well into that melody, whereas now I'm more interested in just the way the, the melody comes with the, the uh, lyric itself, just the way that even people talking to each other, the way they are uh, speech will rise and fall and, and sort of melodic patterns. And I've tried to incorporate more of that this time. That's the more natural flow of words. So is, is, is it fair to say we're talking about layers here? So uh, how, how many, what was, the, what was the most amount of tracks that you used on, on, on any given uh, number of the, of the new record? How many tracks were you using uh, as a rule? Um, well, I think the first time we, we had a, an amazing engineer with uh, Brendan Davies from from London here. Yeah. And I think because he's just a real expert at Pro Tools and, um, you know, I was determined to kind of embrace the technology as it stood and not not try and limit it. Yes. I think the song, I think the song Pyramids, When the Poor Can Reach the Moon, ended up with something like a thousand parts in it. My um, goodness. Well, that's the, that's yeah. the wonderful world of Pro Tools, isn't it? Playing together feel. 
Well, that that feel is that feel is pervasive throughout the record. So success was achieved in, in that regard. You're talking about Brendan engineering the record, but in terms of co-production as well, how how much of a foil was he aside from his obvious technical ability? Um. Yeah, sort of perfect foil, really, because uh, on one hand, he was trying hard to research sort of what the chills were about and had been about and what was appropriate in terms of pushing our sound now. But also he realised that I was kind of locked in the past with and some idea and some of my approaches to doing things. Um, and he, he was very good at... at um, Especially with the newer material, it, it can be very hard to realise that an entire section can just be trashed, you know, and usually the songwriter is the last person to see that. Everybody else can see that straight away. But uh, Yes. <laughs> so, so he was um, he was very good at diplomatic, diplomatically letting me know um, that perhaps the song would be better with a bit of a trim here and there. And actually, once once he started doing that, I, I threw myself headlong in the process and really enjoyed just um, chopping things out and, and, and thinning, thinning down the record structurally. So uh, it was really good. I mean, you know, when we first started recording, those were big decisions because you would actually be literally chopping tape and you couldn't do that lightly. And you certainly couldn't tidy up the results like you can now, the, the little... The little joinings where you know where 30 seconds have been taken out, but um, it was a joy to work with Brendan and watch that happen very quickly. So uh, you know, be able to just sort of try things out and see if we could do with say three repeats of a riff as opposed to four, and if it didn't, you just set, set it back again. But, um, was it was it yeah, a bit of a Sorry to interrupt. Was it a bit of a revelation to you, Martin? This newfound, uh, these newfound techniques and uh, ability to, to to play with, to play with tracks and play play with the the, the music that you've laid down. Um, I guess revelation would be too strong a word because I haven't been oblivious to what's been going on um, in music technology, and of course I've worked, I've worked with Pro Tools quite a lot. Yeah. Other musical formats, but this was the first real big really big project of mine where I had actually, uh, you know, had the, had the, had the time and the, and the expertise with, with me to explore that, I guess. So, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was stuff I knew could be done, but applying it to my own current music was, was uh, more, more fun than not and, and uh, has really sort of opened up I think new directions in terms of where I want to go with the next album because I think I've said all, all along that I wanted this album to be kind of a, a connecting link between the old chills and whatever happens next. And I want I want there to be a flow but at the same time. Um, too many people are saying it sounds like a '90s record. <laughs> that, that doesn't bother me too much. It, sh it shouldn't bother you at all, Martin. It's brilliant. <laughs> you shouldn't shouldn't bother you one iota. Um, I think yeah, I did. Well, well, thank you. But at the same time, the way I hear music in the head is not locked into sort of, um, you know, I, I hear sounds and I hear patterns and stuff, which I would love to be able to realise now through the new technology. So, um, yeah, I just, I just want to try some 
quite a new direction on the next album in terms of that. It'll still end up sounding like the Chills, and probably, I mean, I always say this sort of thing, and I always end up just writing songs anyway, but, um, yes. you know, but, but I'm, I'm determined to just sort of push, push things a bit, um, hopefully make long-standing Chills fans initially feel a little uncomfortable, and then, and then they'll realise it's well it's part it's part of the process and uh, for, for, for any record that really resonates uh, you have to you have to work at it and uh, the work always pays off with good records because uh, they're etched in your cranium till till the end of time um the the the, the lineup as it stands right now is, is it fairly stable with Todd James and Ella Martin um James and Erica. Oh, Erica, and, sorry, sorry, Eric, can I read my yeah. own bloody writing names? Yeah, yeah, it's Erica, yeah. And, and Ollie. Um, and they've been with, well, I think, I mean, it's a stable, you know, I'm, I'm touching wood desperately now as we talk, but, um, <laughs> but it's, it was 1999 when James and Todd joined. It's about 12 years since Erica joined, and about eight, eight or so years since Ollie joined. All of them are, are very um, committed. But at the same time, there are families involved now and, uh, you know, other careers where they kind of get a certain amount of time off. So, um, you know, they they want to do this as much as possible. And if we can make the transition into being uh, a professional band and actually living off it, that would be wonderful. But unfortunately, the timing couldn't be worse because, um, you know, just with sort of the the way things are now, there was really not, not much money coming back from doing anything except touring, and uh, even that's tight, and especially coming from the Southern Hemisphere. Yes. Um, you know, there was something like $20,000 of airfares before we even got on, got underway on the tour, so, you know, just, um, I think we barely broke even on the last tour, even though it was actually pretty successful. Yeah, your costs, your costs without major label backing is well, and uh, making money from from Bandcamp and making money yourselves. The, the whole complexion has obviously changed since last time you made a a, a proper full length release, and we can touch upon that because because I'd love to because I'd love to get your your angle. Oftentimes, I end up talking to artists, and, and the, the the subject matter usually uh, turns towards uh, uh, the new music industry, as it were, whereby right now it's transitional, where people are fumbling to, 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 to amend and retool what really was a broken a broken model anyway, but it was at least a familiar model where you at least knew the rules. Now it's, it's almost the Wild West, and it's a very, very difficult, even if you've nurtured a very loyal fan base like you have, especially if you're Antipodean to do the travelling, it's, it's a very tricky conundrum for you. Well it, well, it is, and it's, it's odd being, I'm, I'm in London now doing promotion for um, the well, for the documentary which is coming out. Yeah, and, we'll talk about um, that, yeah. It, and it's kind of odd to find that here, at least, Silver Bullets is, is nearly over. You know, it's kind of, it, you know, to, to the band and I, we're still promoting it, and, yes. um, and look to, you know, there's talks well underway about a proper American tour next year. So we'll still be that'll still be the Silver Bullets tour as far as we're concerned, but um, things move along very quickly and um, I'll be expected to have another record within within a year or so and uh, you know, I'm not sure if that's the way I can work, even if even if it's 
to my advantage. I, I'm not prepared to put out just any old thing just to to maintain that momentum. It's, it's got to, you know, it's got to um, with the, the chill stamp on it, yeah. the chill stamp of quality, and uh, and so it's yeah. There's a, a lot to think about in terms of how to how to do this now. Well, yeah, next steps. I mean, there's there a myriad of options for you, but uh, silver bullets. Granted that you know the, the industry in the UK is is uh, it's very volatile and it's and it's uh, uh, you're seeing as some things out they're moving on to the next thing but but I think there's more longevity in other markets uh, I know in, in the North American capacity living here now the album is still considered a new release of sorts and it is getting uh, play based upon it being you know a first new record for for, for a very very long time so I think in North America you haven't quite got the same. Uh, uh, what's coming up next? Have forgotten about silver bullets type mentality. Um, so I think over here it's not as big, big a problem. And I'm sure it's probably not the same for you uh, uh, back home. Although I can't be sure. What's 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 uh, what's Dunedin like nowadays? Um, you know, just firstly back to the American thing because I, I guess yeah. the American market always yeah. was a, a, a slower moving one, which was uh, you know, which was a, a good thing, but. Um, uh, yeah, New Zealand. There's so much music being made now, and there's. Um, I'd, I'd hate to say there's an, a new Dunedin sound because, in fact, it's been. It's never stopped producing music, but mm. certainly there's a whole uh, new raft of bands that are being noticed um, to some degree internationally now. And um, the, the label Fish Rider Records has picked up on a lot of them. And, to some, to some extent, it's um, fulfilling the role that Flying Nun used to in the early days. You know, just really keeping an eye on yeah. um, new new bands. Um, so it's well worth having a look on on their website. Um, and I think they've done a couple of good samplers or compilations to check things out. So yeah, it's really it's a really vibrant scene again. And we have the same problem that has always been, and probably in most most cities where you'll go through a phase of having three or four venues, live venues to choose from, then all of a sudden there's one if you're lucky. And uh, I think we're in a bit of a, a slump at the moment back there, which which makes it difficult. But um, and, and it's funny because some of the bands are aware of the Dunedin heritage and uh, you know are interested to meet you and and they know about the chills and clean the lanes, all, all that kind of stuff. And some of them might be aware, but um, more or less despise you for being old anyway. They want to make sure that you realise you do, they do not idolise you in any, any way. <laughs> You've had your day, Martin. It's their turn now. That's, that's exactly right. So, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't mind it. So that's, you know, I see it for... Um, Exactly how we used to treat old bands when we were. That's we were right. Young. Yeah, a healthy, a healthy disdain for for, for 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 just about everything when you're full of piss and vinegar at that age, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, I was especially happy uh, for for the uh, release of, of the BBC sessions, which had been sitting on tape for countless years. Um, was that an easy release to compile, put together, and release? The, the, BB, the BBC, the BBC sessions finally seeing light of day. Was it uh, 
uh, a painless endeavour to, to finally get them released? Uh, well, yeah, it all managed through um, uh, Fire Records, and I'm not sure if, how it involved um, Far South Records, the label that did the um, Somewhere Beautiful live, the live yeah. album. Um, I mean, they, they basically signed us and got things going, and then handed, you know, did the deal with Fire Records. So I'm not sure if they were initially involved with negotiations about the BBC stuff, but. Um, yeah, beyond authorising cover artwork and um, the mastering and so on, it was, it was pretty much done uh, out, of, out of our hands. And, and it was, that was good, actually. Um, you happy with it? it? Yeah, well, I am. I've, I've, and to tell the truth, I haven't even listened to the whole thing yet. I've, I've listened to a handful of the mixes. Um, we, we'd released them out ourselves on a kind of a an official bootleg triple CD yeah. secret box some years ago. Yes. So they were just off the best cassette versions we could find. So it was nice hearing them, hearing the real thing. Yeah, I was really um, blown away, you know, the, the, you know, with the lossless, the lossless files. Uh, it, it's very, 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 uh, very, very deep, beautiful recordings. It's just lovely to hear them in all their glory. Yeah, well, you know, the, the BBC people really knew what they were doing. It was, uh, the Made of Ale people know their stuff, don't they? They certainly do, yeah. So that was great, and um, there were a number of other smaller projects that, that we're now looking at, as well as, you know, continuing the release of new albums and, um, and the back catalogue thing, which obviously was kicked off. Yes, I was going to touch upon that, especially in the vinyl capacity. I don't have it. I don't have it, but uh, the, the 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 packaging just looks exquisite. Yeah. Um, so, and now we we're discussing once again um, brave words, which um, you know I've always said I want not just remastered but remixed because yeah uh, we we really got we, it was it was a rush job for mixing in a, a, a cheap eighty studio with cheap 80s reverb, you know, which we use too much. And uh, when we came to do the Heavenly Pop Hits compilation, we, we did a sort of a trial remix on two songs. Um, That's I right. think it was Wet Blanket and Look for the Good and Others, perhaps. But, um, and it proved what I, what I had suspected was that the band played really, really strongly on that recording, but we kind of buried the whole thing. Yes. So, uh, so I'd really like to see that. Done, and that's now sort of being scheduled finally. Oh, good. So, are all the masters pristine for that release? What was it? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Are all the masters intact and pristine and as you'd like? Uh, we think so. Um, we won't really know until it's um, you know until it's sort of digitised for, for the process. But um, uh, from what we understand, everything's been located. Um, It'll be, it'll be good just to finally rectify some wrongs. Like, it's hard to imagine now that it was still early days for CDs, so... Yes, it was, um, indeed. So, uh, when we had the House of the Hundred Rooms, three-song, 12-inch, and we wanted to put on the record, I, I, at that point, didn't want it to end the, rec end the CD, so we stuck it between what was essentially side one and two of Brave Words. 
yes. on the CD. You know, that didn't, even, didn't occur to me that, of course, you know, particularly American people think they are album tracks, as he was. But um, it would be nice to actually put it back in the proper running order and have things like the 12-inch household rooms and various other sort of uh, outtakes and, and stuff as, um, as bonus tracks that they should be. So um, even the artwork, there's some there's all the artwork started for a, um, a wet blanket 12-inch 45, which never actually came out. Um, and it's based on the same sort of idea as the cover of Baby Woods, but it uses vines instead of those kind of metal, metal uh, objects, sort of branches and insects creeping over them. So, that, you know, that sort of thing, it would give me a chance to finalise that artwork and, and also bring it in line with the SB theme, the, um, you know, how everything's been SB ever since submarine barrels, soft bombs, sunburns, secret box, yes. silver bullet. And so I want to make it um, spoken bravely, the remix brave words. Oh, that's great! Well, that's 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 fantastic. That that, that makes me happy. I'm, I'm I'm happy, of course, that just that you're addressing it in the first place. But keeping the theme, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, before before we realised that um, Kaleidoscope World was going to be reissued properly, there was talk of doing a um, another, perhaps even more comprehensive early years of the Chills, and that was going to be called um, Springboard. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm getting a couple of scoops and I'm learning something here. Now, when it comes to Fire, um, Fire are a very different label uh, as the, as the, than they were 20 years ago. How, how did the deal materialise with, with yourself with, with, with Fire? Um, well, I think it came about through recommendations by a number of people and kind of a bit of cross-checking and... Um, and particularly once we'd, once we'd met them all, um, it's, it's a remarkable label because they're, they're such a team and they've, they have a lot of fun and get a, get a lot of work done. And they're definitely in this process of being determined to make the transition from what we're seeing as a reissue label to something which, you know, continues to do, um, I guess, quality reissues, but they also want, you know, want to realise they're releasing new material as well. Um, actually, while we're talking, I'm just going to try and figure squirrel, which has turned up outside the window. <laughs> um, I'm staying at my girlfriend's house in London, and they put it's an apartment sort of block, and they've got um, scaffolding up on all sides. Right. Which means, unfortunately, it's not just the um, not just the squirrel. There's been a fox, which has somehow found its way out the scaffolding. Blimey. And and my girlfriend's got this inside cat. And the fox has been eyeing hungrily the cat. So <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, keep keep, keep the fox. This morning I came out. Oh, there's a fox right there. You like should three feet away from me. The fox just ran past on the scaffolding. Crikey! Well, that that cat uh, that cat might be unaware of the impending danger. Well, no. They were, today they were sitting looking through the uh, the netting about two feet from each other. <laughs> it sounds like when two two boxes have the way off and they're just sizing each other up. Well, I think unfortunately it's not like that. Unless one of one of the boxes is very punch drunk, because the kid is just too stupid to know that <laughs> <laughs> there's real, real danger. His dinner. 
<laughs> well, that's a nice that's a nice side side track there. So, I was I was just curious about you mentioned the Villains just you know, we're talking about Dunedin. Uh, the project with with Graham, how did that come about? Because that's an interesting one. The the double solo show. Yes, yeah, that was wonderful. Yeah, well, I think um, I think uh, he and Shane Carter had already once done one. It's, it was a particular venue. Um, of, oh God, I've forgotten the name of the venue now, but they were doing that kind of thing, just having small, intimate, uh, you know, I guess essentially unplugged kind of gigs. Um, and it was a long time since uh, Graham and I, and I have played together in any form. Um, you know, the Chills and the Villains used to be a good combination back in the, eight, in the early 80s. Mm. And I joined them on stage a couple of times to play extra guitar on... Um, oh gosh, it was something, one of the real punky songs of theirs. Um, You're allowed to have a bit of amnesia because you've got a huge body of work, that's fine. Yeah, well it's not even my, it's not my song, so yeah. it's a picture excuse. But yeah, it was, just, it was good because um, Graham, you know, is, is a professor of music now and um, pulled no punches when it comes to reviewing the work by his friends as well as strangers. So he, he did, a, I think, a very intelligent review of Silver Bullet. And it just really thrilled um, as a peer, but also as a friend to see me sort of active again. So it was just, it was good time all, all around. Oh, Lying in State. That was the Lying in State, song. okay, right. Well, it, it seemed to be a very effortless endeavour just, just by, you know, the, the, the times I've, I've watched it and listened to it. It just seemed like you had an awful lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was. And obviously that led on to doing the live at the Moss Club thing. That's right. Well, let's, let's talk about that. It's, it's, it's a good segue. So this it's an absolutely gorgeous package. It is beautiful. So everything that we've talked about, Martin, uh, uh, any 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 pertinent URLs I'm going to put in the show notes for, for the listenership to to be able to uh, to uh, seek out after after they hear the interview. But this this beautiful deluxe CD... Uh, with with the with the uh, the documentary, could you just give us a little bit of a teaser for that, and in, in, in terms of laying it out for people, because it was uh, it was released uh, just just only a few weeks ago at the end of July. Um, yeah, well, it's got. Um, I, see, I, don't, I don't do a lot of solo shows. I do definitely prefer to play with the noise of the band covering my mistakes. But um, I've become much more comfortable with them recently, and. And I'm finding different ways of doing songs I thought could not be stripped down, like Pink Frost, actually take on a completely different life. Yeah. Um, again, that's just been part of the process of learning to let go and kind of be a bit more adventurous. Um, so, it was, And that was beautifully recorded and filmed. And um, they knew at the time they were hoping to do a documentary on my history and the band's history. Um, and you know we were we even my manager and I were cautious because it would be probably the fifth or sixth documentary that we that we participate in which which hasn't eventuated and um, you know understandably we've become pretty cautious and it's a lot of a lot of time and a lot of archive research from our point of view which ended up going nowhere so. Um, but once we realised they were determined um, 
but you know, I also realised uh, that it could be the only documentary that I'm I'm around to actually oversee to any degree. So, you know, I don't know. I'm just I'm talking about my health. My health situation yes. is continually un- uncertain with um, hepatitis C and liver disease and so on. So, um, you know, we've we've got very involved with the project and turned over some material which we were kind of kind of holding off for the right time, like my grandfather, paternal grandfather's old home movie footage of myself and my family when I was a baby and a, and a toddler and, and so on. Um, so there's all sorts of neat things in it, and the, the version which is coming which is coming out in the uh, in the yeah the beautiful little box set thing. Well, it's not a box set booklet. Um, is not complete. It's it's already gone through at least one re-edit since, and now there's only some new footage shot. So it's kind of like a preview of a, a work in progress, which uh, I think in the long term will make it you know, even more collectible, so to speak. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very pleased with what I've seen. I think it's been handled really well, I think. Um, Every aspect uh, of it. Every aspect of it. You must be thrilled. I mean, aesthetically, it's content... Uh, the documentary itself, everything about it is top notch, and I'm urging everybody out there to uh, uh, to, to source it. And it, 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 is a, it is a limited edition as well, isn't it? Two thousand copies. Yeah, I think it is. Um, I'm not sure if once it's actually completed, uh, you know, there's tours that going around the film festivals and so on. So the, the final version I would expect to be available at some point, some you know, maybe a couple of years down the track, but this. This early preview is going to disappear very quickly, especially yeah. with the Moss, the, um, Moss Club uh, material. So, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, lovely special little, little thing. It's nice. And it's nice to have something collectible. 2000 allows fans, real fans, to get it. I mean, it's, it's, when, when you're talking about a 500 only 7 inch, it's, it's taken the mick because a lot of fans are going to get left out. But I think 2000 is a, is a healthy number for something of this magnitude. Which is nice because, as a record collector, it's a terrible thing to feel you've missed out on something and then have to go on the hunt and track it down globally. Oh, exactly. I mean, as a record collector myself, I, I know the frustration of it. I can see why, you know, I'm being encouraged to do a lot more limited releases just because it means there's something to, to bring out to keep um, to keep the profile up and keep the interest up, but. You know, I, I know the chill scenes are those kind of fans that want want to track down every, every little thing, and um, and it's not like we have endless kind of remixes of all the singles or anything. There's there's quite a finite finite. Yeah, you've got a very finite catalogue, but uh, there are some that are hard to find than others, of course. But uh, if you want to be a completist for the for for the chills, you actually can be without having to. Uh, we end up in a padded cell, frustrated by by not being able to snag a snag a couple of the harder ones to get get your hands on. I know you're an audiophile, but you're also a comic collector, aren't you? Uh, I'd say used to be now. I, yeah. Um, oh, here's the fox back again. Um, yeah, this during particularly uh, I guess late nineties into the two thousands. Once those initial royalties from the peak of. Uh, Submarine Bells, Heavenly Pocket. Once that started drying up, then it really wasn't in a position to be spending the money I had been. 
plus, in some ways, the the thrill of that initial game-changing wave of, um, I guess, you know, more mature-themed comics. It, it was sort of over by then. Um, you know, I used to buy pretty much everything that the, that the uh, DC Vertigo used to used to release. Okay. And after a while, I realised they were just putting out more and more stuff of uh, not always uh, equal standard. Well, that would have kept you very busy. I, I, I can empathise because... About eight years ago, I, I, I went cold turkey in, uh, from collecting Star Wars figures since 1977. Uh, and it was like lopping off a leg for a while. Uh, but as you, as you say, uh, uh, with regards to the comic books, uh, they were starting to take the mick towards the end with every variant and limited edition. And you fast realise, hang on a minute, that's a mortgage payment. Uh, and you realise how much you've been fleeced over the past while. The, the collection remains intact, but it's it's finite as of a certain date. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm seriously looking at selling them off now. Yeah. You know, of course, I waited until until they uh, until the value had plummeted. To, to <laughs> well, it's like, like every seven years. It's like it's like uh, it's like your uh, people who are lucky enough to have a portfolio of investments. They say every seven years it doubles. So uh, there'll be peaks and troughs, and just got to pick the right time to chuck it up for sale. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I went I went nuts with things like Swamp Thing, so I've got the entire first and, and second um, series of Swamp Thing, and all the sort of little appearances he made in other comics, and you know the, the initial ones and things like House of Secrets and all that kind of stuff. I've, very determined collector for a long time. So. It sounds like it too, and we all the time. It's, it would have been especially difficult to get your hands on them uh, in New Zealand too. I would expect, and not as easy as waltzing into a store in Chicago. Well, I guess that that was the other factor in stopping was that um, while I was really, you know, seriously collecting, um, we were touring a lot. So every city we'd get into, I'd check out the comic stores and the record stores and. Just some, it was just a, a habit that you formed. Yeah. Well, we've talked about you know comic books. Obviously, there's a the, you're attracted to to, to to the content, the storyline. But but we, we all know how important the aesthetic is and and, and individual uh, illustrator styles. We talked about the wonderful package uh, of, of the booklet and just just a gorgeous consummate package. I didn't mention when we were talking about the BBC sessions. The cover, the cover is absolutely brilliant. It's 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 like you, you don't even have to see any of the font to recognise that's a chills record. It was wonderful to 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 see that not only was the content fantastic, but uh, the care in the packaging was wonderful. It was a really grabbing image, of course. And uh, so, where I'm leading with this is uh, obviously uh, you're, you're a recording artist, but how important is the aesthetic to you? The the the, the image. Oh, it's very important. Um, I, I was, you know, if not actually doing the artwork, very much hands-on with all the all the early chills releases. Mm -hmm. And it's been a bit of a, um, I guess, a, a bit of a wake-up to realise that, you know, there are people now, particularly at that fire record, they've got some great people who have been doing these covers. And, um, and it's better for me just to kind of step back and... Let it happen, or, or you know, suggest directions and, and see what what comes up. Um, if if I'm not keen on it, um, there's been a couple of things I've had to suggest different ways. But uh, 
but generally I think you know this, it, I'm accepting that there are people with just much more skill. Um, well, in delivering it, but you can, you, you, you can come up with a concept and then, then pass it on for someone to complete the race, essentially. Yeah, that's right. And um, so far, I think it's been really good. They, they understand the aesthetic and they've, you know, they, enjoy, they enjoy the chill's music, so it's coming through well. Well, there's just a couple more questions for you because you've been very, very generous with your time. Um, we, we talked about the Kaleidoscope reissue, the, you know, the Gatefold Double uh, LP, which is beautiful. Um, do, do you know of any others that are going to see light of day, just for our vinyl fanatics? Uh, well, yeah, as, as mentioned before, hope, hopefully Brave Words is the next in the, yes. in the pipeline. So that, that's... It'll take a little, a little more work, but, um, but and there are ongoing negotiations with whoever now owns uh, the Warner Brothers material, uh, Suffering Bells and Soft Bomb. Um, it's become complicated because they're, they're selling off a lot of stuff, but they're selling it off in, in, in lots. So smaller record companies are just grabbing things and it could mean we have to negotiate. Oh, we just don't know. It's just, it's, it's got very difficult. And we, we've been chasing reissues of Suffering Bells and Soft Bomb for at least 10 years now. So. Well, as you quite rightly say, they're, they're you know they're selling it in uh, in increments to uh, to whoever's willing to uh, take them under their wing and, and remarket them, and it's a it's a tricky it's a tricky process. So you have to be patient, I suppose. I'm just being purely selfish and also acting on behalf of the fan base. Just asking. I mean, that's a great thing to look forward to. Don't want to get greedy and ask for too much more. Um, you, as you mentioned before. Typically with the music industry, you're going to get uh, pressured to release an album, but uh, everybody knowing you and who you are, you're, you're going to release one when, when, you, when you're good and ready, which, which I think we're all very, very glad to hear. A um, couple of last, last questions that aren't really uh, not going to challenge you, but, but lately, have you bought, have you bought anything uh, that, that has, has uh, uh, made you think, hang on a minute, that, that's, that's actually quite good. Have you bought anything... Uh, uh, that, that's either current or, or even retro lately that that that's uh, really tickled your fancy. Um, I really haven't. Oh gosh, I've been, I've been hearing so much music, but I'm not. Oh gosh, for a start, there's too, there's too much media. I'm sure you expected an end question like that from me, but you know, I'm, I'm obligated to ask because it uh, it's an interesting one. Yet it is, uh, it can be a bit cliche. I guess one thing I, I quite I really enjoyed the Grimes album oh. not so long ago. Um, it just sort of it was quite neat. Um, and some of the yeah some of the deleting stuff. Um, uh, I've been rediscovering the um, what to call the American songbook thing that. Um, what uh, the song Smithsonian songways or. Smithsonian songways, is that what you're talking about? Or uh, American songways? Uh, yeah, that's the one that's uh, the, um, one of the, is it Harold Smith or somebody? The one, the guy, go went around and recorded all that folk music and uh, Oh, crack, yes, yes. Yeah, I know, I know exactly what you, you, you're talking about, but I, I'm, I'm not knowledgeable enough to be able to give, provide any more detail, but I do know what you're talking about. So, yeah. so you're still buying, you're still buying records, which is, which is great. Not, not so much, but I've been, I've been given a lot of music again now that um, now that we're touring around. So 
you know, fall behind and be able to listen to that. So, uh, so there's a, yeah, a lot to do to, to kind of start catching up. Oh, crikey. Well, that's an, an impossible task. <laughs> it's an impossible task. Yeah. I, I try my level I best mean, to never come close. Yeah, I realise that. And I, I just, I just um, trust, and, trust that fate will... Uh, Leave me to discover the things I need to discover. Yeah, it's funny you should say that. I, I, I just sort of have to have to let it go. And if I, if I do miss that 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 album, then 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 so be it. Because there's certainly enough out there to, to satiate you. Although you have to dig a little bit. One last question, which you might deem completely uh, asinine, but I ask everybody this: it's hypothetical. Let's say you're you're in town here for a gig in uh, in, in Ottawa, Canada, and you nip round my place for a cup of tea, and I and I and I, and I bring out the biscuit tin, uh, and I say to you, "This is a magic biscuit tin. You can have any biscuit that you wish. Open the tin, and it's there. What would you choose?" No one's ever just come out and said, boom, rich tea. It's, everyone's always had to ponder it. It's just, you know, something as silly as a biscuit. Does it have to be a, like a, um, a, you know, a factory, you know, a marketable, a brand one? Or well, I've, I've got very obscure ones. I've got people telling me they like a certain uh, branded... Uh, uh, cottage industry severe biscuits from Sevilla in Spain. So, anything that tickles your fancy, or just mean I have to add an extra column in the spreadsheet. That's all. I'd say really well, um, a homemade, a really well homemade peanut brownie. Oh, okay. I'm writing this down. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I just marvel at people's tastes. That's all. That sounds really quite good, to be honest. But uh, I'm going to have to source a nice image or actually make some and take a picture of it. So, a homemade peanut brownie is your biscuit of choice. Should you come around for a cuppa? That's wonderful. But I, I'm, I'm just so happy to have spoken with you and uh, be a tiny, tiny, tiny part of this journey. And I'll continue to play your music and and and, and uh, sh uh, spread the word. And I'll drop you. Uh, I'll drop uh, the label a line when uh, when the podcast's up and ready, Ma Martin. And uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, we can talk again after the next one. That'd be great. Thanks very much. All the very best, and uh, keep your eye on that fox. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you, Martin Phillips. That was a wonderful interview. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. And I hope I've created a few a few uh, more evangelists and advocates when it comes to the chills. I'm going to play one more song for you off uh, the Molten Gold uh, release, uh, which you can get uh, at uh, thechillsmusic.bandcamp.com. This is a reworking of uh, Pink Frost. It's Pink Frost 13, and it goes uh, something like this.
quite beautiful reworking of Pink Frost. That is uh, Pink Frost 13, uh, one of two tracks on the Molten Gold EP that you can uh, single, rather, you can pick up on uh, the band's Bandcamp site at thechillsmusic.bandcamp.com. Delighted to have been able to play those tunes for you and feature Martin Phillips. Until next week, thanks for listening, and I'll be back with episode uh, 17 very, very soon. Ta-ra.